This episode is brought to you by Madame Leota's Ball Wax. Wait, what? It's communicable weekly. Mortals get geeking with those around ghosts. And five-headed goats. It's communicable weekly. Pinches get creaky. I'm sure you already know it's the greatest Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And welcome to our Halloween episode. That was really bad. That was yeah. terrible. I don't even know what kind um, of accent that was. I, that was... I, I was going to say it's more, not quite a Count Chocula and the Count from Sesame Street. I uh, I don't... I'm sorry. Anyway. Because it definitely yeah. was not What's-His-Face from those sparkly vampire movies. No, it was definitely not that. So we, we can all be happy about that one. But yeah. regardless, welcome to our second annual Halloween episode because Halloween's fun. I like exactly. Halloween. And it gives us a chance to use the Halloween theme song again. That's right. We can only use it once a year, and that once a year is during Halloween. Because it would be weird <laughs> if we did it in, like, March. Hey, well, it's the March 15th show. Here's the <laughs> Halloween theme. Well, but it's just so spooky-tastic. It is spooky-tastic. Mm. I guess we can use that word. Yes, yes. So yeah. let's, uh, let's see what fun things we have in store to learn about Halloween this time. It's time for Disney History! When they started the plan for Euro Disneyland, Tony Baxter, who was uh, the executive designer for Walt Disney Imagineering at the time, he decided that certain signature Disney attractions that appeared at other Disney parks around the world would be modified, modified to fit into this new park. So, of course, the Haunted Mansion, because it was so popular, it was slated to arrive in Paris, but they kind of wanted to give the story a new twist. And it was decided to go with a slightly darker tone than the original attraction, so, in order to tie it in with the Euro Disneyland version of Frontierland, uh, which was called Thunder Mesa, it was decided to turn it into Phantom Manor. Ooh, spooky. Very spooky. Uh, spooky uh, name. Spooky name. And a major influence of the story itself, uh, of the ride, was the novel The Phantom of the Opera. Hey, go figure. Um, as well as a few other European Gothic legends, which they altered to fit the town's more Western setting. The, the attraction opened with the park on April 12, 1992, to great success. And despite that, Imagineer Mark Davis claimed that Walt wouldn't have liked it due to the, the dilapidated aspect of the building. Hmm. Hmm. Exactly. Well, we all know when he, he built the, the Haunted Mansion, you know, he said, we'll take care of the outside and the ghost will take care of the inside. So that's why exactly. that came yep. about. So uh, the story of Phantom Manor was uh, was inspired by, and in part inspired by, the never-built Western River Expedition, which was the Pirates of the Cari uh, Caribbean-style attraction that Mark Davis designed that was going to be built at Walt Disney World. And as we all know, good ideas never die at Imagineering, so they put that on the shelf for a little while. So parts of the Western River Expedition were dusted off, and they were used for Phantom Manor. Yeah, I always wonder if Mark was a little bitter. 
about that. And that it's possible. That. Could be. Could be another one of his ideas borrowed, mayhaps. So, all right. Well, the big difference between the Haunted Mansions that we know and love here stateside and the Phantom Manor is that the Phantom Manor actually does have an established backstory to it. Yes, yes, yes. We all know of the stories that were supposed to be behind the Haunted Mansion, but none were officially implemented. And with the Phantom Man Manor, I keep saying the Phantom Manor, don't know what that means, but hey. So it's a rhyme. Going. Phantom it Manor? It is. The Phantom Manor. The Imagineers were finally able to tell a complete story of the spooky old house on the hill. Now, as the story goes, Henry Ravenswood, who was born in 1795, he was a, a western settler who struck gold in Big Thunder Mountain and founded the F Thunder Mesa Mining Company, thus creating the city of Thunder Mesa. Uh, and then again, Thunder Mesa was the town of uh, the name of the town in Euro Disneyland's Frontierland. So Ravenswood, he became rich and he built himself this big Victorian manor high on Boot Hill, which overlooked Big Thunder Mountain. And there he raised a family, and he had a daughter named Melanie Ravenswood, who was born in 1842. Big Thunder Mountain was rumored by natives to be the home to the Thunderbird, not the car. Not the car. We had this argument earlier. You did. It's a, we did. It's a powerful spirit possessing a treasure. There you go. According to the legend, its wrath could be materialized into a terrible earthquake. However, Ravenswood would not believe such stories. Time went by and the gold in Big Thunder Mountain ran out. This caused Henry to make the miners dig deeper into the mountain, searching for pockets of it hidden within. Now, meanwhile, his daughter Melanie, she grew from a young girl into a beautiful young woman. How and beautiful. Uh, yeah. Very beautiful. You've seen very, the pictures. I, I have seen the pictures okay. all over Phantom Manor. So she, <laughs> she became engaged to a train engineer who planned to actually take her away from Thunder Mesa, much to the dismay of her father, Henry. So Henry did everything he could to stop the wedding, but his useless attempts were put to a stop when a terrible earthquake killed him and his wife, Martha, which of course is probably a horrific way to go. Yeah, um, yeah. So it kind of seemed like the Thunderbird had been awakened and the family itself was never heard from again. However, after several years, the story of what really happened came crawling out from underneath all that rubble of the earthquake. <laughs> well, apparently on Melanie's wedding day, a mysterious phantom appeared at the manor. And while Melanie was preparing her room, the phantom lured her husband to uh, up to the attic and proceeded to hang him by the neck from the rafters. Well, meanwhile, in the ballroom, the bride sat alone. Hours went by with no sign of the groom. Guests slowly filed away, leaving Melanie alone in the house with the staff of maids and butlers. Someday, she told herself, he will come. She never took off her wedding dress, always waiting for her suitor to return. She wandered the house aimlessly, singing melancholy songs of lost love. Now, the Phantom himself, he was still lurking in the house, and he was laughing at her devotion to her intended husband that never showed up at this point. So, one by one, he actually started to invite his demonic cohorts from the afterlife to fill the, the house for an eternal party. It was a total ghost rager. That's what it was. <laughs> So we shouldn't we shouldn't laugh. This is, no, this we shouldn't is, laugh because this is a terrible story. And it's a spooky episode. Yes, it's ooh spooky. <laughs> so over the years, the shape of the house itself was actually slowly transformed by the evil forces that were lurking within. And then inside and outside, the house was decaying. So cobwebs covered everything, and the staff eventually they didn't seem to care anymore. And it was rumored that Melanie had actually lost her mind because she was still wandering the hallways, singing softly, waiting for her groom, while all the ghosts and the demons danced around her. So, 
clearly she was a nutcase. Yes, clearly. Well, anyway, okay. So everywhere she went, she was reminded of the wedding. The phantom's eternal laughter still carried through the walls of the house. Outside, the once beautiful grounds were falling apart and crumbling. The gilded staircase and structure were dotted with mold and trees, and every plant on the grounds died. Uh, as if sensing the evil inherent in the house, nothing living ever stepped foot there anymore. Melanie was never disheartened, though, and carried on. Now, the earthquake that killed Melody's parents, it cut a huge gouge in the western half of the property and in the crumbling town of Thund Thunder Mesa. The deserted buildings were actually rumored to be called Phantom Canyon, and dark supernatural, it was like a dark supernatural version of the original town, and anyone who entered the ghastly old town at night never came back. So today, no one knows if Melanie Ravenswood is still alive in that old house on the hill. If she is, then she is well over 100 years old. Her beautiful voice still carries over the town at night through the walls and the night air. And sometimes people still see lights in the house. Some nights when the moon is full and the sky is clear of clouds, you can still hear the lonely mourning of the bride, the maniacal laughter of the phantom, and the faint tinkle of glass and laughter of a party and the party guests. Whether she's alive or not, uh, what is well known is that poor Melanie never really left the crumbling mansion. She waits for her groom until the end of time. Now, many fans of the ride itself, they, they believe that the Phantom is actually Melanie's father, Henry Ravenswood, who is seeking vengeance from beyond the grave. And others believe it's actually a spirit of pure evil, and that a curse was, uh, was placed upon the young girl. But no official confirmation was ever given, so that, that part of the story is kind of left up to your interpretation. I like that. And, and much of the layout is actually similar to the mansions here, but they've added some show elements to fit into the given story. However, the ride does differ greatly at the end when guests leave the house, fall into a crypt, and are confronted by the Phantom himself, who leads you into Phantom Canyon, which is a twisted supernatural version of Thunder Mesa. Uh, much of Phantom Canyon was derived from a planned scene of a wild mining town called Dry Gulch in the Western River Expedition. And as the residents try to get you to stay, and the Phantom tries to trap you, the ghost of Melanie Ravenswood points the way out, allowing you to escape. I really want to go check this one out. I've never yeah. seen it before. I watched a video on YouTube, and now I really want to go. So, let's go take a trip, I say. Now that could be next year's Communitor. Uh, we could do that. I'm on board for a French Communitor. Let's, let's do that. Le Communitor. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So as you enter uh, Phantom Canyon in Phantom Manor, you'll be greeted by the mayor of the town, because, you know, all good mayors stand outside the town and greet you as you come in. <laughs> so he actually asks if you'd like to be the man manor's uh, 1,000th resident, uh, but when you carry on your way, he merely tips his hat at you, with his head actually detaching from the rest of his body along with the hat. But once you get past that little creepy tidbit, if you look at the mayor closely, you may notice he looks a little bit familiar. If nothing, um sparks in your head, let me tell you who he is. It's actually none other than the Dreamfinder himself. He's not actually not one of the original animatronics from Journey into Imagination, but it is the same exact head mold, proving that life does go on for extinct attractions, even an afterlife, if you will. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week.
Our library is well stocked with priceless first editions, only ghost stories of course, and marble busts of the greatest ghost writers the literary world has ever known. No, sadly, that wasn't my tryout reel to be the ghost host. Um, it's just good one of because my you're not hired. I know I was. That was terrible. It's just it is one of my favorite quotes from that attraction, and uh, of course, I hope all the cadets out there listening are familiar with it, because arguably the haunted mansion is one of the greatest theme park attractions ever created, with legions of dedicated fans all over the world. And uh, much of the mystery and intrigue of the mansion lies in the fact that there's never been a complete story or history of the attraction ever really published. So in 2003, Jason Sorrell, Imagineer and author, wrote The Haunted Mansion from the Magic Kingdom to the movies and set forth one of the most definitive histories of the books on the venerated attraction. Jason also wrote a similar book about pirates and the Disney mountains, which we've covered before. Now, I'm not covering the same book I did a year ago. I'm actually looking this year at the 2009 update that he released to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the attraction and to discuss updates that had taken place in the Florida and SoCal mansions, if I can use that. SoCal, cool. I guess you can be use cool. that. Sure, go you know? ahead. Okay, okay. Um, so the book is a must for any mansion maniac. The question now becomes which version to purchase and why. So a little bit about both titles first. Jason starts at the beginning, as expected. He talks about the first version of the mansion in a 1951 series of sketches by Harper, Harper Goff. A majority of the book then looks at the evolution of the spooky house and all of its major incarnations. We meet the legends that laid the groundwork and created the stories. Ken Anderson, Yale Gracie, and Rolly Crump led the initial forays and set up the foundations. Uh, then the book moves through all the incarnations leading up to the final project. The middle of the book tells the stories of all of the mansions based on the Disneyland version. We go scene by scene, looking at the concept art, attraction photos, inspirations, details, and sort of like the script. It's really an amazing section that shares all four of the Honda mansions. And it's fun to compare the differences between the Disneyland, the Walt Disney World, the Disneyland Paris versions. Uh, and it's also a great way to learn about the changes in the mansion and the thought processes of the newer Imagineers. Okay, so the third section is dedicated to that amazing film about the Honda Mansion. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, and that's not an evil laugh. That's no, just, it's not. It's just, just making fun of the laugh. movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jason looks at the making of the film, including props, production materials, and photos from the set. It's a decent section. You'll look at it once and like the Much movie. Much like never, the movie. Much never like the watch movie. it again. Okay, so which edition? The 2003 or the 2009? Well, obviously, you want both. Let me tell you why. I went through each book page by page. I know, thankless job. It's what you guys pay me for. I'm happy to do it. So at first glance, the differences in the update are pretty small. It's small pieces of artwork that uh, get switched out by the, the editorial team. The first real edition, though, that you see of the book features concept art from Mark Davis that was relatively unseen before. Uh, one of the pieces was a small painting of the Doom Buggies as a coffin, you know, replete with a velvet interior. So instead of the actual doom buggy, you would be riding in a coffin. Kind of weird. Um, the, uh, the It's right before the section on Rolly's Museum of the Weird, which survives unscathed. I was really worried about that. Uh, the other additions are for the Florida's endless staircase effect and the attic scene. We get an extra page of photos for the bride and the uh, backstory is added. The seance circle is highlighted with new art and a tease about the new effect for Leota. 
Oddly, the book is the same number of pages, and it was really hard to discern what was cut, since the update added at least four pages of new material. So I'm assuming it's a lot of the text, because I didn't read each one word for word, just looked at the pictures, because, you know, I ran out of time. Um, but uh, that's what I'm assuming is this editorial, they, they pulled a few uh, little bits of pieces of information out. Now, the reason I recommend both editions is because, even though the artwork that's changed is minimal in some cases, it still seems like it's a pretty serious change for fans of the Spooky House on the Hill, uh, especially missing little pieces of concept artwork throughout the years. Uh, why the changes were made in the book isn't readily apparent either. But it's sometimes when you flip from page to page, you're like, oh, this piece of concept art was substituted for this one. Um, in the 2003 version, they pulled out the Frankenstein with four... Uh, the 2003 has a photo of Frankenstein with four arms, and the 2009 has a replacement photo of the Headless Horseman. So, not sure about that, but that's okay. So, you get all this different concept art. Uh, so, go out, buy both of them. You'll love it. You'll love me for it. And we're talking about The Haunted Mansion, From the Magic Kingdom to the Movies, by Jason Sorrell. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So when you're riding on the Haunted Mansion, you'll pass through Madame Leoto's seance circle. And if you don't, you're probably on the wrong ride. Go back and go on the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> so when you're in the seance circle, uh, just before you exit the room, if you look closely, you'll see an open spellbook on a stand. And it's actually open to pages 1312 and 1313. Um, it's really hard to make out in the darkness, but if you look really closely or for whatever reason the ride stops and the lights go on, you can see that on the first page, um, 1312, there's a figure of death. And actually he has the same face as Ezra, the hitchhiking ghost. And then on the other page, 1313 on the right hand side, you'll find that it says uh, this, this thing on the top. It says, a spell to bring to your eyes and ears one who is bound in limbo. And then underneath it is a spell itself that it says, uh, Cree, Kra, Virgo, Geba, Kalto, Cree. Totally said that wrong. <laughs> However, that is the exact same spell that is used in the 1967 Walt Disney film Blackbeard's Ghost. That was the incantation to use to call forth the, the title uh, character himself. And uh, below that spell, it's all the same spells that Madame Leota actually says when you're going through the circle, but they're all written out underneath that. I love that. Uh, we'll call it a five-legged ghost. Oh, five-legged ghost. I yes. like that. I, I, I love that one. It's taken me years to get good images of it to use to figure out what it was. So Yeah, I, that one's a nice little little nod in there, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at the top of the show, we talked about the uh, Communitor. And, you know, if people go sign up for the Communitor, there might be a chance they could ride the Haunted Mansion with one or both of us. Ooh, you know, that's spooky. I mean, fun. <laughs> <laughs> it could be spooky. So, depending on how you look at it, I don't know. Depending on how you look at it, but uh, <laughs> I just completely threw off anything else I was going to say. So, I sorry guess for, means for it's derailing your train of thought there. End the episode. Yes, let's do so, that. Yes. Yeah, so, thank you guys so much for watching, listening, and absorbing our very spooky, spectacular Halloween episode, the second one. The second annual. I love the second Halloween episode just because it's yes. so much fun to learn about the spooky stuff in the park. But uh, if you liked it, be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on the iTunes. Yep. Always uh, email us your spooky stories at communicorweekly at gmail.com. 
Yes, and you can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly. Send us your, your spooky Halloween costumes on there. Post some pictures. Ooh, that's a great idea. Yeah, nice. So you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Imaginerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. We love getting followers and interacting with fans, fellow cadets, and other people on their social media sites. Yes, yes. And also be sure to give us a call on the Communicore Weekly hotline at 424-785-4628. So leave us a voicemail. You can get a button. Plenty of people are getting their buttons already. Or leave us a spooky Disney story or something. That'd be kind of cool, actually. But don't just call and go, ooh. Because that's scary. That will make Jeff cry. Yeah, because that happened once and I don't don't like that. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, okay, okay. Well, for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening to our second annual Halloween episode. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online and spooky show. Sky is falling.